Hello there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the Blue Milk Latte, a Star Wars podcast show. I am your host, Kent Blue Milk Latte Solace, and with me is uh, my trusty partner, co-pilot, Chris Christopsis Mead. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, how you doing, man? So Good. This, good, good. This is the way episode. We're going to be going over the Mando Season 2 trailer in depth. We're going to be talking about some of... Uh, your guys' theories, some of our crazy theories, some of the ones out there in the ether. Um, we're going to be talking about um, some of our favorite parts of the trailer and maybe what we expect to see from season two. Um, we've been gone for a week or two here. We have had some uh, life stuff going on, big moves, uh, new house, all that good stuff. It's been pretty exciting around here um, as we head into October and we get ready for more Star Wars and Mandalorian. Um, so let's get caught up with some of our uh, Star Wars adventures from this past week. Chris, what have you been up to uh, since since our last episode? Um, quite a bit of Star Wars, actually. So I, I finished Lords of the Sith. Okay. Uh, I got into that one. Uh, Isn't that ending pretty brutal? Yeah, I mean, it's not unexpected. You're like, yeah, that, that, that tracks. Yeah. It just... I don't know. I, I thought there'd be... A little more, I kind of, I was in a pressure a little more Darth Vader and Palpatine centric, and it kind of was. Yeah. Because they're just kind of, I mean, the amount of them just roaming around, um, crap, can't remember what planet that is now, all of a sudden now. Uh, the Twilight Planet, you know, Twilight Planet is not much of the book. It's like, I got to a certain point, it's like, man, there's, there's not a lot left of this book, and they're just kind of like roaming around murdering stuff. Yeah, it's Ryloth that they're on, I think. Right? Ryloth, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of just lurking in the shadows in that book. Uh, yeah, they're definitely. I mean, they are the main characters, but they're not as far as like the actual protagonist goes. Uh, I would say that kind of falls to the Cham. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Sindula's character and all that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was good. It was just was. I just kind of like the 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 marketing and the cover and everything was just like, all, Oh, this is a Vader Palpatine solo story. And it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I kind of wanted some more like lore as far as like, cause it gives you kind of how they would talk to each other and cooperate in certain situations. But I wanted a little bit more of like what it's like on a day to day basis um, with Vader and Sidious and like what they're like, you know, typical interactions are the rather than how they how they would deal with each other in um just uh like high stress areas you know <laughs> yeah well i kind of thought it would be see what i was kind of looking for in a book was kind of maybe more more like a training montage or more of like um you know kind of sidious like letting darth vader know some of the, the you know some of the secrets obviously not all of them because that's not how the sith work but like you know, some more like some more discussion, like the like, two of the like, training. I thought it would be more like training Darth Vader how to use the dark side more than it is just like Darth Vader's pretty, pretty already powerful in dark side by this point. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Well, uh, any, any, any other Star Wars? Uh, so it's, uh, I did that, and then uh, I've been reading Star Wars comics still. So uh, again, I just cannot, you know, recommend highly enough the Darth Vader series that's ongoing right now. Uh, they're about, I think they're almost finished up with this current arc of uh, Darth Vader looking for Padme and figuring out what happened to Padme after Revenge of the Sith. And I think the next one 
is where uh, the Emperor punishes Vader for blowing up the for letting the Death Star get blown up. So that'll be interesting to kind of um, see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, the, the I've always been the Star Wars mainline comic is pretty good. Uh, Luke's kind of on its mission to find other Jedi to help train him, um, and hopefully to help him build you know another lightsaber because he lost his hand and his lightsabers is all after Empire stuff. So that's going on. Um, what else are we reading? Afra. Uh, we can get caught up on old Afra, and I got new Afra. So Doctor Afra is a pretty good series if you like things that are not mainline. It's kind of like Star Wars adjacent. Well, that's, I mean, it's still Star Wars, but it's not. It's adjacent to the universe, to the main stuff. So it's not. So it's kind of some different corners of the galaxy you don't really get to see. That's so kind of a fun series. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, the other thing I want to recommend. I know I sent this link to you, Ken. I don't know if you watched the video or not from a while ago. There is a YouTuber uh, channel, uh, I believe it's Arl Knots. Okay. Did a, a Empire Strikes Back video for the release of, uh, for the anniversary of Empire. That is awesome. It's so funny. It basically just takes like key scenes from Empire and rewrites them with all of the knowledge we know from all nine movies. And like, if you, you know, like, like there's a lot of sequences of Darth Vader talking about needing to look for his son earlier in the movie. Like when they're looking for Hoth, he's like, "My son's on that planet." He goes by the name Skywalker, because uh, <laughs> at that point, you know, it's just stuff like that where they like, kind of rewrote them. It's kind of funny, or like uh, name dropping midi chlorians in Empire, and like uh, a couple other things. It was just like just a bunch of like just funny scenes where they reference. I think at some point, the Emperor, uh, when Emperor and Vader have their meeting in uh, Empire, there's some reference. Uh, Vader makes some comment about taking half the fleet and dipping it and uh, freezing it in ice and preparing his clothing chambers. And the emperor's like, Oh, good, good. In about 40 years, I'm gonna, I might need those later. So that's good. You got those set up for me already. That kind of stuff. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then there's, uh, there's also talk of all those different orders, like order 67 through 69 through 2 million and something else. Wow. So there's some funny, there's some funny stuff in there too, but there's, there's some interesting things about like, if you, if like, if Vader really knew, if they had, you know, if all if everything had already done, like you'd be like, oh man, like, this is there's a whole sequence where Vader's really keen on getting R two D two back because R two D two is the most powerful thing in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, oh, yo, we need to get the R two droid back from Luke because uh, when I was a kid, he helped me blow up a Trade Federation ship and he helped destroy the uh, droid factories on Geonosis, and then and then and all these things that you know R two D two did in the series. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a. It's a fun channel in general, but like that video is really awesome. Uh, it's one of my favorite things I've seen Star Wars lately. He also they also have a couple other series of um, redoing the Star Wars movies with a just ridiculous plotline of trying to build some kind of a party moon instead of the Death Star, and Vader's just like this like trying trying to be a good guy, and everything just keeps going wrong on him. Those oh, are kind yeah. of fun. And then they have a, they also like the, so then they create this this character of C three PO but they call him Creepio, where he's just like trying to kill people and steal their skin. It's really it's really creepy. It's it's funny. And they call him Creepio, like Creepio. Yeah, it's Creepio yeah. far too. Okay, okay. I'll have to check those out. That sounds pretty funny. Yeah, they do just like these videos. They do this whole video on like the COVID uh, with Creepio telling you about how you need to wash your hands and. And really, the only way to like, uh, you know, stop the spread of COVID is to shed our uh, our fleshly bodies and become machines. That's ah. how we're gonna stop COVID. 
Yeah, it gets creepy. Nice. Hence the name creepy Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome, man. A- any other Star Wars adventures going on in the last week or two? No. Or no? Okay. No, I, I, I finally broke down. I went to downtown Disney last weekend. There wasn't really, wasn't really too much Star Wars stuff going on over there. Yeah. However, I did read um, they are going to be, if anybody's interested, they're going to be opening a Batu trading post at downtown Disney with all of the Galaxy's Edge exclusive merchandise being available like outside the park. So yeah. it'll be kind of fun. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that's supposed to be happening. I think I don't quote me this honest, week by like the 29th or no, maybe the 22nd. I don't know. Something I it was before that. Yeah, it's soon. I thought it's it was soon. before that. Yeah, it's going to be in that um, that one store that's the we used to be the Wonder Gallery or it's the Art Gallery store gotcha. is now going to be like all Batu stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. It's so all the all- stuff from inside. Yeah. Gotcha. So for all you uh, Southern California listeners or just California listeners in general, uh head out there and get you uh get you some batu stuff well it's definitely cheaper to have to spend money to get into the park and then spend money on it you can just go and spend the money on that correct <laughs> yep 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 because yeah if you were to try to do this a year ago the only way you could get it is uh dropping down some bucks and getting in there yeah. yep yep um so for me what i've been doing um for those uh i don't know if i mentioned it on our last episode i don't think i did but uh my wife and i recently purchased our very first home which is really exciting we're really loving it it's uh got nice grass in the background and we're finally living you know uh the homeowner life and hoping nothing breaks on us um, is your, your is your fence white and picket uh no it's black and steel <laughs> it's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. So I was, uh, yeah, we've been moving stuff. I've been moving uh, 50 pound boxes back and forth for a couple a couple weeks here. But in my trusty backpack that uh, was always by my side, whether I was going to work or wherever, I had a copy of um, the new book, uh, Star Wars Dark Legends, in it, which was... <sighs> Like the new uh, kids, I, I I call it like a like a kids goosebump book almost because it has about eight short stories in it, and it's all like um, set up for like spooky like dark side or like Sith tales um, that are in there, but they're kind of aimed at younger readers. Um, it has like it's called Star Wars Dark Visions. It has Darth Vader on the cover, um, and it's pretty interesting. Some of them, some of the some of them are like gothic tales. Uh, I'm only about halfway through. But it's just really good. I've had that. I haven't uh, had. I've had my entire Star Wars collection boxed up uh, for a little bit, and I only recently have I been able to take everything out and put it back on shelves and stuff. But that book uh, was with me while I was moving, so that was really exciting. So for any of you uh, listeners out there that have uh, kids that are into like uh, spooky stories, or you yourself uh, that's into like. Uh, Star Wars with a spooky twist. I highly recommend uh, Star Wars Dark Legends. Plus, it has some pretty cool, um, like illustrations in there. Each each uh, short story has like an accompanying uh, illustration done, and some of them are creepy, and then some are just really wicked and cool. Um, so yeah, I recommend it definitely. Now, did you get the did you get the normal one or did you get the Galaxy's Edge version? Oh, I got the regular one as. As a as a Barnes and Noble employee, I had to I had to support my local business, you know, because I think you well, can only get, I think you can only get the Batu version like at Target or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say because I have the Target one, so 
we'll have to get together sometime and compare notes and see what's different about it. And I hear, I hear there's like, like three or four more stories in the target one. Oh, they're they're well, it has more stories and they're Batu specific. Like there's a couple of Batu stories in there, I guess. That's pretty. That's awesome. what I've heard. So, well, I mean, like I said, you can borrow mine. Like I, I have, I, have, I haven't read it yet. I've been sitting on my coffee table. I haven't actually cracked it yet, but uh, no, I, I, I went ahead and got the target one. Cause I saw it there. I was like, yoink. Plus, yeah. as a Target employee, uh, I have to support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, isn't it so uh, just convenient that uh, our passion of Star Wars is conveniently just linked to both of our jobs? Right. It's pretty awesome. Right. Especially right now with like Target has all that uh, Galaxy's Edge stuff in. I don't, last yeah. one was there, they have a lot of it. So either they sold out of it or just not all, you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, Never, but... I did my tar- target run the other day, and I was able to get the uh, CB68, I think. He's the target exclusive pop. He's like the orange, oh, cool. he's like the orange BB uh, unit. I think he's okay. the Funko pop, I think, 390? No, yeah. 397 or 297? No. He's on my shelf. He's a little bit too far away. But I got him. He looks pretty <laughs> cool. He looks nice in my collection. I like it. Yeah. Yeah um all right so that yeah that's pretty much what we've been up to guys um and without any further ado unless you have anything chris that you want to mention we'll kind of get into this, uh, uh no i think we I think we hit all the all the news kind of newsy stuff and the you know collecting stuff that i want to go over i, I think we're good and go ahead and go jump into the trailer perfect perfect all right so mandalorian season two trailer um let's just very briefly just go over the vibes we got from it without going into any specific details we're also going to be breaking it down scene by scene here um but what were your just your general vibes that you got um i i liked it i it it, it scratched a little bit of an itch and still left a lot i mean there's very little we know in the trailer yes yeah, I mean, we don't, we really don't know anything because all everything in there is pretty much the voiceover is all from season one, <laughs> and right. then uh, I mean, we just have these snippets and it's a lot of like kind of epic scenes without no without any context. So it really kind of gives you an idea where they're what kind of what the season's about without really telling you anything. Um, I do, I don't know. The one thing in general um, that I wasn't, I'm not sure how I feel about. Is I don't know whether they should have done an Ahsoka reveal or not, but it depends on how big a part of the season she is. Yeah. I have a feeling she's not a real big part of the of the show. I think I think it's kind of a uh, like a misdirect. Uh-huh. They made this whole marketing thing about her being on the show. I I don't know if she's going to be as big as we think she's going to be. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We, we, Could you feel like if she's going to be like this major character of the season that you'd see more of her? Uh-huh. They, they would have done a reveal, but unless like how she shows up is really like significant. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and here, here's the other thing that um, is really just interesting to keep in the back of our pockets here. So when you go back a year ago and we were watching the Mandalorian season one trailer, there was like you had zero. Inc- Granted, we didn't know anything about what the show would be um, less than obviously than we know now. But I mean, we had no idea that this little green guy hiding in the back of the corner was going to drop and that was just going to totally reset the world on fire with star wars again you know we had no idea that right. the child was going to be hiding in there so it makes me interested to see what's hiding in season two that's not in this uh you know this little teaser yeah because i've heard a couple of interesting theories uh 
because as we know uh tomorrow morrison uh morrison is back uh well he's not back well he's gonna be uh, on season two yeah uh but i've heard i've heard two different things that he could be playing and they're both one of them i one of them is interesting and one of them is like uh okay so i've heard that he could be either he could be coming back as rex which would be interesting that that's the one that kind of fascinates me they have they brought him in as rex oh. i think that would be that'd be interesting um, which would make some sense because, you know, theoretically, if Ahsoka, because Ahsoka meets back up with Rex and Rebels, and the two of them kind of like are, you know, roaming around the galaxy because he's still kind of committed to her, and you know, she's you know, the kind of the two, kind of the the last two people in the galaxy that really get it, uh-huh. <laughs> that really went through everything they went through. So I think that would be kind of fun if we kind of reveal that she and Rex have been kind of having adventures or hanging out, or he's kind of protecting her, but you know, he's getting older. So she's kind of protecting him at the same time. I think that would be kind of a fun idea. Uh-huh. I think that's that was kind of a long shot. I think that'd be kind of interesting. Now the other one, obviously they're, they're saying that he could be playing, playing Boba Fett, which I don't know. I'm, I have two minds about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the biggest Boba Fett fan, so it doesn't really like light my fire that he's, that Boba Fett's going to be in season two or, you know, could be in the Mandalorian. I get it because Mandalorian, he's the only other like significant Mandalorian from the films. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. That one's, you know, so that, so that there's, so that, I mean, that could be a big surprise coming in uh, as far as who, you know, Tamora is playing. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So some of my vibes that I got from this trailer were that, it's going to be really, really action-packed, I think. Uh, more so, possibly, than the uh, first season. Um, yeah. Just just the general vibe that I got. And then also, we're going to be getting that much more, like, deep-cut, like, just fun references for hardcore Star Wars fans. More so in the second season than we did in the first one. Um well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hit it when we go over it scene by scene here. But, um... I'm excited to see how they take some of these characters uh, and uh, and how they, you know, explore their their ideals or their personalities. For instance, one example from season one that I'm thinking about is Tuscan, the Tuscan Raiders. Um, up to that point, we had always just thought Tuscan Raiders were there just to be hostile and just, uh, you know, to be like uh, the, the weird, like creepy bad guys. You know, right? Um, but in season one, we we kind of got a totally different take on them, and it still yeah. works with, um, you know, with their already established history. Um, right. So I'm excited to see. We think about, um, like, I'll just say, I'll just say it. We think about Good Morning Guards, and they're just like silly, uh, you know, just like a funny little like pig guard sort of guy. Right. But like, who? Like, what are their what? What's their species? What are their ideals? What are their personalities? What do they like? What do they dislike? We don't know. We might get we might get something like that revealed uh, in this season, which is interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that would be good. Uh, well, here's so. What do you do? You think that at some point in the show, whether season two or further on, that the Mandalorian ends up being kind of put on the trail of Luke Skywalker? What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like. At some point, if he's really roaming around the galaxy looking for Jedi's, he's not going to hear the name Luke Skywalker, 
And then how do you think they're going to handle that? So what are your, th- what are your thoughts on that? So <clears throat> I have a theory about how I, you know, would want it to be done and how I think okay. it'll be done. I think okay. I, I would love to see it. I would love to see maybe just for like, you know, a little bit and one on one off episode, something like that being handled. I would love, I would personally love to see it. I'd like to see Luke with his green lightsaber. I'd like to see him uh, with uh, maybe his first class of Padawans and his teaching and stuff like that. Um, But I feel like they're going to, they're going to stay in their own lane and and let the Skywalker saga be the Skywalker saga. And then, do their do their own thing as it pertains to just the Mandalorian culture, um, right, and stuff like that. That's what I think they'll do. Well, because because here's because here's my thing. Here's and this I don't know. This is something we just got to like just accept or not. But I feel like Cara Dune should know the name Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Because she was at she was at Endor, or at least in the mop up of Endor. She's part of the rebellion. You would think at some point you at least like hear that name drop. Now, I mean, whether or not she knows or believes the Jedi, because I don't know how common knowledge that his ability to use the force is and like how many people saw him use a lightsaber or whatever. Yes. But I feel like if anyone's going to drop that name, it might be her. Um, I mean, I agree. I agree. I don't know if I want it to intersect like real, like right back into Skywalker saga, but I feel like, like someone should know that. Like so, like it's kind of a problem I know some people had with season one, and I had a little bit too. Where it's like, how does you know the Mandalorian not know what a Jedi is or would not know the Force? It's kind of weird. But um and then to hear like when the armor, like 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 the trailer, kind of getting back to the trailer when she kind of like tells him about Jedi, she kind of talks about like this like this crazy ancient like thing that happened. But like, I mean, the the the, the destruction of the jedi order was only about 30 years ago from this point so you're like i don't know it's kind of weird that like there's not that there isn't like that the, the force and jedi are a little closer to the surface than, than they than they are i mean i don't know it's kind of weird i mean i get it a little bit and um for any of those listeners that are crazy into Japan, japanese history uh sorry if i butcher what i'm about to say i kind of get it in the sense of when you look at um how japan was uh brought into like uh you know the industrialism and all that there was samurai back then right but right over the course of 30 years from the end of like one of you know the the end of the way of the samurai to just industrialism with rifles and guns and all that you probably didn't see like you know like all the samurai were no longer around they like still practice their ways probably um at you know their homes and all that stuff but they weren't defending the country Oh, true. So I kind of maybe I kind of liken it to that as far as like the Jedi were akin to the samurai and then the empire was like industrialism arising and you know they pretty much said a, a lightsaber wh- wh- why do you need that we have blasters and we have like a death star right There's no need for a lightsaber yeah, you- I get that yeah so I mean maybe it's akin to that I guess. But in your to to your point though, I mean, yeah, you would still know. Oh, a samurai. My grandpa was a samurai. I know what samurai are. Like just right. because their ways are no longer practiced. So I guess I get that that side of the coin too. 
I mean, I mean, that's how it is. the Mandalorians are out on the fringes, and they don't like Jedi anyway. So you would think they would kind of, you know, not really talk about it. Yeah. Although at some point, uh, I have a pitch for like, oh, I think the next animated Star Wars show could be or should be that we can probably do at some point. Because I was just thinking about all week, I was like, I had this really good pitch. I think that would really work. <laughs> does it have to do with Luke Skywalker? Yes, it does. Yep. Okay. Let's, I, hear, let's hear it real quick. I, I feel like, okay, so what I what I think, what I would like to see in the next anime series, I want to see Luke's search for Exegol. I think that would be a good show. Uh, I think, and, the re- and I think I want it to be animated because Mark Hamill's still alive and he can still do the voice. So you bring Mark Hamill in to voice Luke Skywalker you can bring um, Billy D to come in and do Lando because we know Luke and Lando have adventures together. If you had a big enough dump truck full of money, you could probably lure um, Harrison Ford in to do a couple Han episodes oh as a guest spot. Oh boy! Like I, I, I don't know. I just I, I was really thinking about because that's like the one thing that we haven't really. Like, there's two things out of this new series that we haven't seen yet, and we're in the still in that kind of like dark period. At least. We have a weird blind spot between Jedi and uh, Force Awakens, and I think, and I think there's there's a lot of room to do some stuff with that. And I think the Luke searching for Exegol would really be a good show because you give them the chance to go other places and encounter weird things and fight, still fight stormtroopers because there's still some Imperial remnants floating around or warlords, you know, Imperial warlord type situations. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. think, I just think, I, think that would be, I don't know. I, I really, I feel in my heart, that's the series I want to see. Either, and if they can't do anime, I kind of, I want to see a book series of like Luke tracking down leads, trying to figure out, trying to find Exegol. I mean, we know it, it kind of dead ends of Pasana, but then the, so, and the other thing is like, is this before or after his academy? Like after, you know, yeah. before he goes Octo, before he goes Octo, does he, is that when he searches for Exegol? Is it right after Jedi and he kind of hits a dead end so that he starts his academy? I don't know. There's a lot of questions there, but I really feel like that's the series I want to see. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be pretty awesome. And one thing that I would like to add to that, um, sure, of course, you're looking for Exegol and all that, but I think it, it could also um, lend itself to see Luke uh, contemplating with his, the confidence in himself and then that can kind of lead to where we find him in The Last Jedi. Because, yeah, the whole crux, the whole main part of it was how he feel that he failed um, Ben Solo. That's the main crux. But I'm sure there was right. some other things pulling the strings that also contributed to him putting himself into exile that we could that you could possibly right. also explore in that same show. Yeah, like some... Well, yeah, because it's interesting... Um... The to kind of go back to something we talked about at the top of the episode, the new Star Wars comic, the mainline Star Wars comic is kind of addressing some of those kind of fleshing out Luke a little bit to show that he is someone who does have doubts about about the force and about his power and about his ability to be a Jedi. Cause this one is all is post Empire where he's real shook by his, you know, by by the fact that Darth Vader is his father and trying to come to terms with that. And there's a lot of like kind of doubting himself and a lot of like introspection, a lot of like, what if I'm not good enough or what if I'm going to be destined to be, you know, go to the dark side, like my father and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's kind of a whole, it, it kind of gives it, gives Luke a different dynamic. This little quote that makes the, his last Jedi decision more reasonable. Cause a lot of people were really upset. Like, Oh, it came out of nowhere. And 
Luke wouldn't do that. Luke was hopeful and he was all powerful. It's like, like, yeah, but I don't know. I kind of buy that he would, they would, you know, have doubts. It would kind of like maybe like run away for fear of like making things worse. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So there you go. Lucasfilm. You have it from us. Uh, bring us, uh, um, we'll title the show Skywalker colon the search for Exegon. Uh, bring that yeah. to us. Yep. Um, all right. Cause, and, cause uh, the other part of that show, I was just in the, 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 one of the big scenes I want to see in a Star Wars movie or Star Wars anything, really, I want to see Luke and Ahsoka meet. I want to know what that looks like because she knew his, because she knew his father. Yeah. And I want to, like, I'm really curious to see like how that plays out. And I kind of feel like why would, I kind of wonder, I mean, again, this is all kind of like, you know, Ahsoka obviously wasn't a thought when the original movies were out, but you kind of feel like, if Ahsoka starts hearing someone going by the name of Skywalker and his name is Luke and he might be able to use the force, why wouldn't she show up to like train him or mentor him or at least meet him? Yeah. You know, I, there's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's a real missed opportunity to really kind of see. A, and and, and a, I feel like this kind of scene that Filoni would nail because it's something he's, you know, look at the end of clone wars, like that last episode yeah. with uh, the, Vader and the down uh, down uh, capital ship and rebels the same wing where they have these like these like this that montage of uh, them kind of impacting the other movies and stuff from kind of the background and I just and like the whole Ahsoka's whole storyline I feel like it just comes to a weird it would really come to a, to a really awesome moment for her to actually meet Luke and Leia I think I, I really want to see that yeah and I think if you have Luke going around looking for Exegol and like looking for Exegol, looking for other force techniques, like collecting those books, like that'd be kind of fun to see, like, cause they kind of imply maybe those books were already on Octo, but maybe they weren't. Maybe Luke found them. Like, how did he find them? Where did he find them at? I think that, I don't know. I just feel like that would be a really good series. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. That's uh you, that's a, a very good pitch. You have go pilot. <laughs> i feel like if i uh you know when we ever go to celebration you know when we go to celebration next and obviously there'll be some kind of baloney panel there i kind of feel like that'd be my question uh if i ever got up to ask the question i'd be like what do you think like what what do you think ahsoka's like first words or what do you think her you know what do you think that conversation looks like between her and, and luke for the first time yeah and he'll say well surprise we actually have a trailer for you for a secret project. right <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's do it. We'll wait in line and we'll get that asked. All right. Boom. Done. Done. Um. Cool. <laughs> All right. So getting into the the beat by beats here of this uh, Mandalorian season two trailer, um, we open with uh the Razor Crest ship, uh, kind of floating out in space, and we see two planets, and the Razor Crest looks like it has one engine failing. And it has right. uh, its uh, one of its hind uh, doors unhatched. Um, what did that make you? What did that make you think? Uh, we'll probably have an episode where he gets uh, shot down and ruined somewhere for a little bit again, like yeah. we had uh, in the first season. We had you know a couple of episodes like that where you know he got stuck somewhere. So. Uh, you know that makes some sense. Where like you have because that's how you that's how you throw in the random adventure where. Uh, you know, you're not part of his plan, 
and but then you can kind of do some fun things or just throw him in some kind of situation where he is really out of his element because you know yeah yeah that's where the crash landed <laughs> yeah one thing that I appreciate about the uh, Razor Crest that I think um, it's also kind of they're taking a little bit from the Millennium Falcon for this is the Millennium both the Millennium Falcon and the Razor Crest get the crap kicked out of it yeah. all throughout the show. <laughs> And yet it still keeps going. And I love right. that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, like, it's its own, for the show, it's like its own, like, personal, like, piece of junk that is also just, like, an amazing ship. Um, I hope that they they kind of keep it that way and that he never jumps to, like, a different ship. I, always, I hope he always, like, either keeps or repairs or upgrades the Razor Crest uh, throughout his entire show. I imagine he will because I feel like that, that's like his signature ship. You know, like you know, Boba has Slave One. Yeah, Han has the has the Falcon. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like it's going to be there. Like that's his like that's part of his character is his ship. Yeah. Um. So next up in the trailer, we see uh, uh, the Mandalorian and uh, the child himself emerging uh, from some shadows, and then we have a a voiceover from the armor from season one. And she says, show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. And where my mind already went to, right when she heard that, is is the Mandalorian clan going to hold a beef towards him? I mean, they were supportive of his actions and they protected him. But do you think they're going to hold some beef against him? Like, hey, we had this pretty sweet thing going back there. We were able to hide. And now we're like on the run all over again. Do you think that'll play into season two at all? It could. I kind of, kind of my impressions on season and that scene in season one is that like his, his kind of like his penance or the way he makes it right is he's got to get this the child back to, as she says, it, it's you know it's people. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's probably uh, that there's probably not a beef as long as he keeps up his side of the bargain. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that. That's it's kind of like that's how, that's how you make it worth it. I guess maybe that's what she's saying. It's like that's how you make it worth it. Maybe she's saying that's how there can finally be peace between the Mandalorians and the Jedi is if you you know return their child back to them. Yeah, that situation. Um, there's a few different ways, you know. But I, I, I don't know. If there's gonna be beef as long as you know he, you know, does his mission. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then, as you just said, uh, the MR continues with a voiceover. She, she says, uh, you must reunite it with its own kind. And um, we see Din, uh, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, and the child kind of walking on a planet that has, like, uh, kind of looks like uh, where we live here in the desert as far as, like, the graffiti on the walls, and it's a little bit beat up and shoddy. Um, it kind of it doesn't look like a really inviting environment, and they're kind of just walking uh, on the streets of whatever planet they're on there. And then, um, and then, uh, the Mandalorian says, where, um, where am I going to find the stuff? And then for that, we get, I believe, um, a shot of what we think is Tatooine and I'm pretty sure is Tatooine. Um, and we see a Tuscan rider atop of a Bantha on there. Hence why we think it's Tatooine. Right. Yeah. And then, although um, there were Jawas, there was Jawas not on Tatooine, so who knows? Although I don't can't imagine how Tusken Raiders would get anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then the armor says, uh, this you must determine. And then that leads us right into, um, I think it's the snowy planet, like a shot of the razor crest flying down at like this crack of, uh, of a planet covered in snow. Um, and then what happens after that? Here, let me start playing this thing. Sorry. Do, 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 do. Well, do we think, uh, do we, do we have, there's a word we think that snow planet is, is it maybe Hoth? Is it? Yeah. So I am pretty confident that it's Ilum. Um, okay. I think, so where I'm going with this is he's going to be investigating, obviously, uh, the, where these Jedi come from. Right. Right. And uh, one thing that all Jedi, all Jedi were known for is having is lightsabers. Okay. So, okay. They have this weapon that they all have. For instance, if you were trying to find a whole Mandalorian, you know that they usually have Beskar. So you would probably try to go to a planet that is heavy resources of Beskar. So if you know, Jedi's have lightsabers, you'd want to go to a planet rich in Kyber crystal. And Ilum is, I think, one of, like, the resource-heaviest place in the galaxy of kyber crystals. Um, okay. So I think that's why he would be going Ilum, because maybe that could either lead to a clue or Jedi themselves, or who knows. Yeah. No, Ilya, that, that Ilum's a good guess. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it kind of depends on how he gets put on the trail of Jedi. Because, yeah, Ilum, that makes sense for Ilum. Hoth makes some sense. Again, if we were discussing, if he's somehow put on the trail of Luke Skywalker, he might have to trace back, like, you know, the Rebel Alliance to kind of find clues there. So it could be Hoth as well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, like, it'd be pretty cool for that because for those who are unaware, if you didn't know, Ilum, which is a show in the Clone Wars, eventually becomes, uh, this is confirmed, by the way, eventually does become Starkiller Base as we see in Force Awakens. Oh, and then maybe that it is be, And that would be kind of a cool um, tie-in to the sequel trilogy, I think. And that would also yeah. explain why in the trailer coming up here in a sec, we see stormtroopers hiding out there because maybe their mandate was no matter what, even if like everything goes to crap, you have to protect this place. Um, maybe that's why they're still there. Who knows? Well. Well, and theoretically, like you know, like people have pointed out before, in order for something like Star Killer Base for probably that big to be built, you kind of get the impression they had to have been working on that for a while. Like they're yeah. So, uh, I mean, again, this is the whole thing about like, well, we're all you know, was you know, the the big fleet of Excal and everything kind of. They had to have already been like in process, already there. So you would think that Star Killer Base was that Star Killer Base could have been like an Imperial project that then gets kind of taken over by the first order at some point yeah so that would make some sense that that is on that like yeah, there you might see like the beginnings of the star killer base or maybe it's like a research facility trying to like harness the you know the the kyber crystal core to you know make a bigger better super weapon yeah yeah and then um <clears throat> the because because the... like we oh, sorry because like we because like we all know that like the death star was powered by kyber crystals yep. so it makes some sense that Starkiller Base would be similarly powered, and what better place to get enough carbon crystals to take out whole systems than, I guess, than turning Elam into a giant super weapon. Yep, exactly. 
Yeah. So I mean, that I I'm I put my I put some money on it that it's Ilum, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. It could be random snowy planet number four. Who knows? Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, the next part of the voiceover here, uh, which is my favorite piece of the voiceover provided by the armor is the songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. So they're bringing in the fact that, uh, you know, Mandalorians and Jedi were at once enemies and all of that stuff. Will that get explored in some future projects? 100% yes. Uh, in Disney's own way, even though it was already explored in Legends, but you know, we'll we'll get we'll get a Disney fight at some point, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, well, I feel I, like that could be. I, mean, I feel like that that's probably would be if I was gonna guess. I'm trying to. Really, I haven't done my research, and maybe they've already addressed this. That feels like a High Republic type storyline. Yeah. If not, you know, kind of in that in the High Republic era, that seems like the right time period to to kind of go to do that kind of thing yeah yeah i mean they might i feel like they would have to go even further back i think in the high republic we might even get an easter egg there um for as much as people don't like um the fact that the sequel trilogy was kind of made without really a plan put in place for the most part i think one thing that they have succeeded on at uh, since like 2015 is just planting little Easter eggs here and there. Um, right. Still paying off, you know, five years later. Yes. Um, that's one thing that I think they've done really good on. So I mean, maybe this is just another Easter egg that they're laying for something that we'll get in five years from now. Who knows? Um, yeah. So as soon as she says um, sorcerers called Jedi, though, we get a, a kind of a close up of a this female character in a black uh, cloak robe and we're led to believe that this might be a Jedi because the voiceover kind of leads into um, the debut of like her face but at the same time it's been rumored that it could be Sabine Wren it could be a new character um, Chris what would you prefer out of like these options Um, I mean I'm always down to see more Sabine Wren I really liked her in Rebels I I think I don't know I don't know. Yeah. Me I think it, it, I think it, yeah. age, I think age wise it does work out though. Um right. that this character it syncs up age wise that this could be Sabine Wren. Okay, so if it's Sabine Wren okay, so there's Sabine Wren makes a good through line for things we know and things we think we know. And she's had the dark saber at one point in the past right i was gonna say because i mean i feel like the the series should have sabine on at some point because she is a mandalorian she did have the dark saber at some point she does know she does she's friends with ahsoka tano she knows with jedi she has some first-hand experience with jedi so i feel like yeah i mean i feel like sabine being on the show I see that there's a lot of dots that get connected by her being on the show. And I, and I, so I, I get why people kind of, but that's why I, I think that's why where, where a lot of this is coming from people assuming that Sabine ran. Um, it's not, I don't know. But see, if Sabine shows up, it opens up a lot of other interesting things too, because then that opens the door to 
do we have Ezra show back up again? Do we have Thrawn show back up again? Yeah. Because they're both, they're not dead. They're just out. They just got lost out in the wild space. And yeah. part of what we know at the end of Rebels is Sabine and Ahsoka going out to find them. So what if they found them? So, you know, do we have, you know, does the child then end up with being raised by Ezra? At, you know, which would be kind of interesting or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it makes it, it opens the door some, some fun things because that means with between Sabine and Cara Dune, then do we have Hera show up? We find out what happens to Hera. Is Hera still alive? Do we know? Like, you know, there's, yeah. there, there's, a, there's a lot of interesting doors that could open up. Again, you know, Tamora Morrison being Rex rather than, than Boba Fett, again, makes more sense if Sabine's in the show. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I'm ready to see a whole live action, you know, Phoenix squad. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think the entire Phoenix Squad would show up. But I mean, I feel like if you look at some of the making of stuff with Favreau, Filoni, and the creative team, I feel like Favreau, for the most part, is familiar with the original trilogy and the rest of the expanding universe. Um, he's vaguely familiar with some of it, of being a voice character in some of the Clone Wars and stuff. But he's not fully drenched in it like Dave Filoni is. So I feel like yeah. Favreau would bring a character in and be like, "Okay, I want this." Ex Mandalorian or this this Mandalorian character that's been out of the game for a while, blah blah blah, and I want to create him or her to do this. And I feel like this might be the perfect time for Filoni to be like, well, we kind of already have a character just like that, and she's already been a part of Rebels, and we could bring right. her character into the thing too. It might be something like that, uh, but we'll see. We'll see on October 30th. Probably actually not even October 30th because I feel like... Probably after that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll pro- it probably won't get into the thick of it until episode three or four is my guess. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. So next up on the, the shot slate here is we get uh, the Mandalorian and the child um, on a boat. Or, yeah, like a, a sail yeah, of some kind <laughs> um, on the water. And I know some fans have are kind of weirded out by this because we don't really see sailing too much in the star wars universe <laughs> but um i mean this is just my own head cannon. do it with what with, with you will if you look real quick in the trailer there's like a lot of clouds and like overcast stuff going on in this shot so it could be something where like it's unsafe to fly near the surface of this planet hence why you wouldn't fly you would like sail underneath like these clouds um, and then that's how you could get around on whatever planet they're on. I don't know, but it is. I like it. I think it's pretty cool to see sailing in Star Wars. Yeah, no, I think that one of the cool things about Mandalorian it does does it is showing us some different aspects of life in the galaxy that we don't see, um, you know, very often. Like the first episode, or the first season had that the whole ice planet part where they you know have to traverse the ice to get from place to place. Yeah, uh, with the with the big uh, monsters under the surface. So you know, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of fun. I mean, the, and sailing's not impossible because, as we saw in Rise of Skywalker, yeah, uh, you know, Ray has to sail to get to the Death Star ruins. Yeah, which I was just kind of thinking thinking this through. There's a is it possible that maybe they're on that planet again? Like, I don't know. I'm not not pushing this agenda, but it's just I don't know. It just every once in a while, some things kind of line up that way where it's like. If so, if the ice planet's Hoth, and then the where they're sailing to is the planet where the Death Star ruins are at, Rise of Skywalker, I don't know. There's a weird, there's a weird through line there too. 
I don't think is right, but it's just kind of interesting that there's both those shots are, are in the trailer and there's kind of precedent in the series of both those places being significant. Yeah, I get you. I don't know why he'd be signed to the Death Star Ruins. That doesn't make sense thematically, but I'm just, you know, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Just, just, bra- <laughs> just brainstorming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I get you. And then uh, next up, we see the Razor Crest flying with some X-Wings, which I loved. I loved the idea. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that uh, he's going to be aligned with some either some ex-Rebels or some current uh, New Republic fighters or something like that. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, we did see X-Wings in the first season, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll see the same... Uh, the same characters back being um, Trapper, Wolf, Trapper Wolf, who's played by Dave Filoni. And I forget the other two, but they're played by uh, Rick, Rick uh, Fumayoya. Oh, I always butcher his name. Uh, the director of uh, a couple episodes from season one. And then Deborah Chow, who is going to be, who directed a couple episodes from season one as well. And who will be directing the entire series of Kenobi. Uh, who knows? Yep. It could be their characters. Um then after that, we get uh, some very fast-paced shots here, one of which is a, a speeder with like a jetpack on there, and a character is taken off in a hurry. Uh, I think some people have said that it does look very similar to Boba Fett's jetpack uh, that's on that little quick speeder shot, but um, who knows? We'll see. But all, all but all Mandalorians have the same jetpack. Like Django had it. And yeah, but I mean, like, uh, even the, like even the, does even the, the Mandalorian colors, jetpack? Even the color scheme, I guess, is the same. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I I haven't looked that closely into it, but that's what some fans are saying. So who knows? We'll see. And then uh, we get a very quick quick pace shot of uh, Cara Dune, and um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, grief. Yeah, uh, Car- grief. Grief. Carga. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. They're introduced there. So, do you think they'll be how many? Let's let's do this. In season one, between the both of them, they were probably in two or three episodes total. Do you think they'll be in more or less or the same for season two, as far as Grief Karga and Cara Dune are concerned? Well, I know, I know Cara Dune. I don't know if she's in the whole of the season. Because if I remember right, uh, the actress was posting when she stopped, when she was done filming for the season. Uh-huh. And it, I think everyone said it was pretty uh, midway through the production cycle. Oh, okay. Or so I, I don't think, I don't think she was like the last person on set. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so I think she's, I think, she, I don't know if she's going to be in that much. So you think maybe just two or three episodes, kind of like season one? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I really like her character, and I think they could use her more. I think she might be, if you go this route, which, you know, kind of take her leave or whatever. Yeah. If you were going to kind of try and push some form of a romantic angle on it, I think she's the most likely candidate. Yeah. And there's some interesting things there, too, because they're both very, like, closed off and battle hardened and you know all that yeah so there is kind of like there there is room to kind of grow something out of that uh-huh. so I, I yeah i don't know yeah yeah I could, uh yeah i don't know i i see where where it could go that way um i personally don't think it will but you never know i, I don't think so either yeah 
I, I mean, I would be excited to see because I know I know there's a lot of like I know some people. I don't know. This kind of goes back back and forth, but uh, I mean, a Cara Dune led series, or at least maybe like a made for Disney Plus movie, would be kind of interesting. Yeah, be, you know, to give her her own storyline. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. I kind of would be interested to see. Yeah, she could pull it off. Uh, I I kind of would. I, what I kind of want to see is a Cara Dune movie that is her like she talks about like mopping up imperial like war war criminals uh-huh. you know kind of like the Star Wars version of the movie Munich or uh, wow yeah 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 or, or um, uh, what's the other one uh, what's another one that's kind of like that uh, or even yeah yes that, that's probably closer to what I would want to see yeah a Star Wars like a Star Wars version of Inglorious Bastards where it's like but it'd be post post the war oh, you know kind of hang down these yes. hang down these la- last few, and then and then that way you can even open up to have like a crazy cast of like big names or yeah. cameos or or even like star wars characters we've kind of had side you know we kind of knew a little bit of yeah. like maybe they're maybe their pilot is wedge you know that's who's flying the who flies around this freighter you yeah. know i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. You, you, really, you really do something fun I, I don't really want i don't know if i want to do a series i think uh, I think just like a, a one-off movie would be really awesome. It's yeah. kind of like yeah, that, like a Glorious Bastards, Banner Brothers type, you know, movie based on uh, based on her character. Yeah, I think that would be pretty similar to as far as like the style of uh, visual filmmaking. Pretty close to Rogue yeah. One. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 and, of course. And, and that thing made a billion dollars. So why wouldn't yeah. you do that? <laughs> Yeah, I think the fans. Yeah. I think the Lucas, fans. Uh, Lucas needs to call us because we're just minting ideas over here. Like, yeah. I feel bad. I'm kind of just giving them away right now. I should be getting paid for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, someday, Chris. Someday. Someday. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so then, uh, yeah, Lucasfilm. If you're listening to this podcast, give me a call. Contact Kent. He'll let you know where my you know how to get a hold of me. Yep. Yep. So you can hire me. <laughs> there you go. Yep. And then, um, so next up on this trailer shot, we get uh, some trusty old stormtroopers. Uh, biking around on some speeders, we see one of them do like a quick whip around, whip around, which is pretty a pretty cool little trick. Um, I'm assuming they're going to be guarding an outpost or somewhere. And uh, granted, this is five years later; they haven't got the uh, memo yet that they uh, lost the war. So that, or maybe they're still sticking it out. Who knows? Maybe they're part of. Um... Oh boy, a Moff Gideon. Oh, yep. Maybe they're part of Moff Gideon's gang. Who knows? Um, Real quick before we go on with this, and since we just mentioned Moff Gideon, he is nowhere to be seen in this trailer. And um, I I have, you know, I have a pretty good vibe. He's going to be our big bad of this season. And uh, we don't know where he's at. Yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, he was another one that where I was kind of, I felt like he was, he more than Ahsoka, but I really, I really was like, why is he not in this trailer? Because I feel like he's, they set him up to be a huge part of this season. Yeah. Where like, you know, they're going to be chasing, you know, he's going to be chasing Mando all throughout the galaxy, trying to, you know, re-get this child back. Yep. So, you know, we, we still don't really even know why, like, we're still not really sure hundred percent what the Empire's purpose was for capturing and or cloning and or however they got a hold of the child yeah yeah um and then we get a pretty cool rocketeer shot of the mandalorian jumping off a cliff 
and going full rocketeer mode flying off into into the sky and that looks pretty epic um and then a very quick shot of the mandalorian hanging a guy upside down on a on a street post and uh looks like torturing him or doing something crazy um yeah and then we get a cool shot of uh the Mandalorian walking into more of the snow planet with the child uh, cradled in his arms. Um, and then, sorry, <laughs> I'm just very briefly or quickly going over this. Then we get some Gamorrean guards uh, fighting in a ring with some extra skinny legs. Um, yeah. They have skipped leg day for 10 years. Yeah. Um <laughs> Which, which that seems kind of be interesting too, because we we try to remember if it's in. I don't think it's in any of the movies, but it, no, uh, no. Well, it's in it's in Clone Wars. There's 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 an episode of Clone Wars about this, but mm-hmm. there are like this idea. There's these underground, you know, criminal fight, you know, fight clubs like fight pits, where you know slaves are forced to fight each other. Yeah, and so it'd be kind of it's another one of those things that we've heard lore about. And we see a little bit in Clone Wars because like, I believe that's where Dooku gets Ventress from. I I believe there's I for, I'm having a memory of there's a Clone Wars episode where they do a Ventress backstory, and it has and I I believe Dooku like finds her in one of these like fighting pits, and like that's how he recruits her to be his his like uh, his Padawan or whatever. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of because we, we saw a little bit in Solo where the, the robots fighting each other, but this will be kind of a, you know, where we have people, you know, yeah, yeah, creatures yeah. fighting each other. Yeah, so, it's yeah, always it's always like, an underworld thing whenever you see uh, yeah fighting going on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and again, this is just like Filoni has this pulling uh, in these obscure like references and then actually showing them to you, like he did all through the other series, and then. We're also seeing Amando too, where he just pulls in these kind of random things where like there's maybe one line in a movie or like a piece of lore somewhere and he builds a whole episode around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then during this uh boxing match kind of shot, we get a voiceover of a uh... oh excuse me, uh oh, I'm about to sneeze. Oh. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Uh false alarm. <laughs> All right. So we get a voiceover <laughs> of um a mysterious character who we see later on is a, like a Cyclops character. He says, you know, this is no place for a child. And to me, he sounds like John Favreau. I have a feeling it is uh, deep underneath a whole bunch of makeup, but we will see later on uh, when we get the Mandalorian season two gallery episodes about the making of the entire season. Right. Um, we'll see if it actually is. It probably is. And then uh, the Mandalorian cleverly says, wherever I go, he goes. And then um, the Cyclops says back to him, um, so I've heard. And then blasters are drawn on him very quickly. It looks like the Mandalorian's about to be pretty much taken out. And then this is probably the best shot of the entire entire trailer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mandalorian gets his uh, what are they called? Singing birds, I think. That's what they are. Whistling birds. Yeah, sorry, whistling birds. He, he gets his whistling, birds, whistling yeah. birds going on his um, on his arm, wrist piece there, and the child, very cute and very smart, 
Uh, he goes, nope. And then he pushes the button and covers covers <laughs> the blast doors on his cram there. And then you just hear uh, knives, explosions, blaster firing, and then guys moaning and screaming. And uh, you pretty much just see the Mandalorian being victorious in what was essentially like a one-on-eight fight. Well, which is interesting when you think of a couple things about that about that shot that's interesting. One is like, you think about how much precious time they have in a trailer to show you things, and they take however three, four, however many seconds it is, and show you nothing. Yes. There's literally nothing. It's a yes. black yes. screen, which is fascinating. Like, when was the last time you saw a trailer that had like that much black yes. in it, where you just don't see anything? So that, was inter- was a, that was an interesting stylistic yeah, choice. For sure. Yeah, no, it was... As far as the editing and the cutting of the trailer, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was very well done. And then the trailer ends with um, the Mandalorian saying, this is the way. And we get a pretty cool Mandalorian shot of the the logo there. Um, One thing that I want to talk about that um, Hollywood is terrible at, but it seems so far that Star Wars is brilliant at uh, with all... Yeah, all projects included. I'll I'll, I'll say all projects they show you amazing trailers that make you talk about them for that. We got pretty much an hour's worth of conversation out of like two minutes of footage. Right. Um, they right, give you right. everything, but you know, nothing about it. And, and Hollywood yeah. is terrible at this. Uh, typically. And I'm looking at you Terminator Genesis for spoiling movies or spoiling plot points that have no business being in a two and a half minute trailer. Oh, my, my, my go-to for that is uh, the Michael Bay movie, yeah. The Island. The, the Island really pissed me off about that, too, because they tell you up front that yeah. they're clones. That should have been that should have been the twist. Because like, the whole point of that, the whole first part of that movie is these people living what they think is like an end-of-the-world apocalyptic yeah. bunker, then find yeah. out they're clones. But then they tell you that up front. Like, that yeah. should... Uh, I, I don't even. I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't. So, <laughs> and that movie, and that movie's really good. That's one of the better Michael Bay movies, and they just like the whole the trailer yeah, just it ruined is, it. It is a pretty damn good movie, and uh, Ian McGregor is like okay. He, sorry, now we're gonna talk about the island for just a moment. In that movie, so his normal character. <laughs> Welcome to the Island the Podcast. Island, <laughs> yes, where we talk, where we break down uh, every scene of of it. No, uh, so. He plays a douchebag, his like real life version, like right. so well, yeah, yeah. settling. Like when you look at yeah, like, yeah. his like typical, like his clone version, how humble and curious and childlike he is, versus the guy that he's supposed to be providing the organs for, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's like that's like yeah, amazing yeah. acting to me. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a really good actor. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Obi Wan, for being an amazing actor. <laughs> um, yeah, so the island, Michael Bay. Yeah. Hey, okay, quick sidebar. Quick sidebar. Would you? I. Would you ever want to see Michael Bay do a Star War? Oh man, ah. Well, I don't know if Michael Bay could do a Star War because there's no cars to really do a car chase in. You could do it. You could do it. Uh, and I don't know if they could. I don't know if Michael Bay could blow up something bigger than a planet, which they've already blown up a couple times in Star Wars movies. I don't know how yeah. he could top that. He would just blow up the entire. Galaxy. So, 
I think. Yeah, I think there's not really any way to there's not really a way to work an angle where you have the U.S. military like be in a Star Wars. <laughs> That's right. Because so I don't. I don't. These are like walking ads for U.S. military. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, there's McAvoy. I mean, okay, he based that his visual style. I think. I, okay, so visually, I think yes. he could do it. Um, I think his because like we already have JJ and the lens flares, and so which he, um, he's back pretty you know, well on for Star Wars. He kind of he's back on the the lens flare action. Yeah, yeah. I just, but I'm just saying, like, so like Michael Bay's visual style is wouldn't be too wouldn't be as yeah. jarring. I don't. I just don't know what kind of a I don't know what the plot would be. I just can't. I just can't think of like a um, like I, a storyline or an angle that like exactly would... what it would be. Here we okay. go. Are you ready? All, yeah, right. all right, I'm ready. So let's pitch this. Pitch another million dollar idea. Lucasfilm is yep. never going to hear this. Michael Bay's Star War would be uh-huh. a um, smuggler who, and we're essentially okay. we're going to do the Rock. We're going to do the Rock as Sith. Has hijacked okay. a space prison, and okay. he is going to blow up um, Kashyyyk. He's going to blow up Kashyyyk if a ransom isn't okay. paid to him. Okay, and then you okay. have a nerdy hacker and a, a, a disillusioned Jedi that have to break into the space prison. And they have to essentially defeat the Sith so that Kashyyyk isn't blown up. And you, and you okay. call it whatever the I don't know the, the name of the space prison. I don't know. Let me think of a quick, cool Star Wars space prison name. You, oh, it wouldn't be uh, Kashyyyking uh, in. Kashyyyking in. Like yeah, cashing yeah, in, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. cashing in. I see. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. It would be called. No, no. no it would be called. I'm gonna jack it from Star Wars, actually. Or not Star Wars. I'm sorry. I'm gonna jacket from Game of Thrones. You would name the prison Hard Home, and then it would be called okay. Star Wars colon Hard Home, and be directed by Michael. Okay. This sounds pretty terrible, actually. I thought I would do better at this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I I because I, no because my answer to the whole Michael Bay thing was. 2005 and on Michael Bay, I don't think it touches Star Wars and I would like it. But 1990s Michael Bay could possibly yeah. do a Star Wars and I would like it. So that's kind of where I was going with the whole Rock because The Rock is a pretty decent movie. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was just going to try to do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the problem is that Michael Bay has this weird thing last few years where he puts his hands on like beloved properties and somehow makes them bad. And like, it's, it's like, how hard is it to make to mess up giant robots fighting each other? And he kind of, I mean, there's some hits and misses in that, in that series. Some of them are, are not too bad, but it's like, how yeah. do you mess that up? And he, somehow he did it. Like same with Ninja Turtles. Like, how do you, how do you mess up Ninja Turtles? Like it's a pretty easy formula and he managed to do yeah. it. I don't know. Well, say what you will about Michael Bay, but I think like nine out of 10 of his movies are all extremely profitable. So. Oh yeah, no. They're, well, they're all profitable, and uh, just to give a you know, welcome to the Michael yeah, Bay podcast. Yeah. <laughs> little, if you ever want to see the most crazy Michael Bay movie, just the most insane Michael Bay movie you've ever seen, watch Pain and yep. Game. 
Yeah. Pain and Gain is just yeah. bananas. You're like, what is it? It's got The Rock and Marky Mark in it, and you're like, it's it's but it's bananas. Oh, it's, oh, oh, I got oh. to the end of that, and I was like, I oh my gosh, so much better. The Sith, the Sith of okay. Hijacks, the Space Prison is played by none other uh-huh. than Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I just made okay. the movie kind of likable for me anyway. I hate The Rock, believe it or not, but for some reason I could see him being a douchey Sith. Uh, and, and getting that done. Well, we kind of see, uh, you know, kind of see what he does with Black Adam because Black Adam could be kind of douchey if you if, yeah, depending yeah. how you play it. Yeah. So hold up, hold up. I'm gonna cast this right now too, and then I promise we'll we'll wrap up this episode. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson will play the. Ooh, this is gonna be good. He will play the the Sith. Um, Tom Holland. Okay. Tom Holland will play the dweeby hacker guy. That that has to break. Okay. That has to go. And then Idris Elba would play the disillusioned Jedi. De- Ooh, disillusioned nice. ex Jedi. That so Idris Elba yeah, yeah. would have to break into the space prison to stop uh, douchey Dwayne the Rock Johnson from blowing up Kashyyyk. Man, that I just yeah. made it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you 200, go. Call me, me Lucas. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. <laughs> I'll recoup some of it. Probably not all of it, and uh, we'll call it a day. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs> anyway, okay. Mandalorian re- <laughs> wrap up here. So we're both excited for Mandalorian season two. Uh, we hope you guys are too. Um, is there anything, any general afterthoughts? Now that we've kind of went into the bits and pieces of the that uh, that you want to talk about, Chris. Uh, only that I'm sad that we're still like a month and a half away from the yeah. next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, this will be the the shining part of 2020 that we need. I think. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. 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 Yeah. Um, I think it will be. I think it will be. Um, yeah. So, and then, oh, for you guys listening right now that are uh, usual listeners, you've known that we've been doing Clone Wars Revisited. We're going to put that on a brief pause for now. Um, we are going to definitely be continuing it, um, but we're going to be shifting focus to a uh, Mandalorian season one revisited rewatch um, just because we're going to want to, we're going to be rewatching it anyway, headed into season two. So we might as well talk about it here on right. the podcast and um, you know, maybe we'll have some nuggets that we find and or take, or that we just forgot about that we could bring back to you guys as you guys are probably rewatching at home as well. Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, cool. That is about it for us, guys. Chris, what would you like to leave with the good people? Um, read a book. There's lots of good Star Wars books out there right now. A lot of good Star Wars comics. Again, uh, you know, I said at the beginning of the show, and I've said it a couple times on the show already, uh, you should be reading the Darth Vader comic right now because it is amazing. Uh, I think throughout the issue five or six came out this last week. So I'll be down, going down today to pick up mine. Uh, let's find out what's happening next. So yeah, read a book. Cool. Yeah. Very awesome. I agree. Um, and what I will leave with you guys is um, take, take five to 10 minutes every day and just relax and just do something nice for yourself. It really helps. And it's really great. Um, whether that's just, sitting in your car for a little bit, listening to your favorite music or, you know, taking Chris's advice, uh, sitting, uh, sitting in a corner in a bedroom, reading some star Wars, something, just do something nice for yourself today and every day. 
Um, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this is the way, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blue Milk Latte. And feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. Please rate and review. Thank you, and may the force be with you.